Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the John Kincaid Show. If you are that offended by everything in life, this isn't the radio show for you. There's plenty more to choose from because this one will drive you absolutely batty. Drive you crazy. Here's John Kincaid. (laughs) Thanks for joining the John Kincaid Show, which makes us laugh even off the air on CBS Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Challenging times. Rocket Mortgage is prepared to help. If you need mortgage assistance, contact their team 24-7 at rocketmortgage.com. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage will be with you every step of the way. We appreciate you being a part of the show. Tell your family and tell your friends. Whether you're listening on your local affiliates or whether you listen on SiriusXM 206 or the Radio.com app, which a lot of you find very, very easy to use, and it is, we appreciate you uh, making time for us every single week here on the John Kincaid Show. It's, I guess it's perspective. And it's a perspective. I'll run perspective on the NBA and their messaging on the back of the uniforms with Sam Quinn, NBA writer for CBS Sports, coming up in around 20 minutes. But perspective involved in numbers. Perspective involved in reporting of stories. Because there's an old number that stats lie. Have you ever heard that? Stats lie. Stats can, you can make numbers say whatever you want them to say. And I've heard people absolutely freaked out over Clemson University football and the amount of positive tests that Clemson University has had 37 players test positive for coronavirus. So it's a neighboring state. I know a lot of people who cover college football in the area. So I just do a little research. And according to the numbers, Clemson has already had 37 players. A third of its roster tests positive. And if you're talking about um, individual players, we don't know which individual players have tested positive. But we do know this. The headline is, oh my gosh, a third of Clemson football players tested positive for coronavirus. You know what's not being said? The vast majority of Clemson football players test positive, but have no symptoms. It's not as good a headline, is it? 
A third of Clemson's football roster tests positive for coronavirus. None have required any kind of hospitalization or any kind of serious medical intervention. Wait a minute. That's not as good a headline, is it? That headline is just that headline doesn't create panic and discord. That that headline creates. Wow. Okay. So what we're seeing and overwhelmingly again. Across college football. We got LSU, we got Texas, we got Clemson. They have the ones that have had the most attention put on them, the number of players testing positive. And right now, we've got zero hospitalizations. And more than half the cases asymptomatic, and I saw Joel Klatt getting into this discussion yesterday with people on social media. And I must say... Yeah, those headlines, those headlines don't create a lot of discord, so they're not going to get a lot of viewers to the television. But those are ways to look at the exact same story, the exact same numbers, and look at them positively. So can you ask yourself, self, why am I being fed the narrative of, oh, A third of Clemson football players have tested positive for coronavirus. When the headline could be, a third of Clemson football players have tested positive for coronavirus. None have required hospitalization. None of them with any kind of serious illness going on. Requiring medical intervention. Majority asymptomatic. Why can't the same story be delivered that way? And the only answer I can give you is that isn't the agenda of the person giving you the story. It's not it. Now, Jabari Parker is in trouble. Jabari Parker tested positive for coronavirus. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Jabari Parker has coronavirus. So, of course, he's quarantining and doing all the right things, right? Because he's got coronavirus. That's the big, scary, bad headline. But wait a minute. Jabari Parker then was spotted out playing tennis reportedly in in his hometown of Chicago? Wait a minute. I just saw the headlines of Jabari Parker has coronavirus. But wait a minute. Jabari Parker's out playing tennis. Wait a minute. Where's the disconnect here? By the way... That's a good news story. Jabari, I wish you nothing but good health, happiness, and fresh air and everything. And obviously, I would imagine, I'm going to surmise, that Jabari Parker was testing positive for coronavirus. There's the headline. But he was asymptomatic. And he's fine enough to go out and play tennis in the heat in the summer. So now people are getting on Jabari Parker because he tested positive for coronavirus and he's out and about and he wasn't wearing a mask. He was playing tennis and he wasn't wearing a mask. So now it's going to be bully Jabari Parker that way. First of all, if you test positive for coronavirus and you're not wearing a mask, I would say that that is irresponsible. This is my personal opinion. I think that that is completely irresponsible on your part. 
completely irresponsible. As you know, I would not consider myself to be a mask zealot. But any any place that I am asked or required to wear a mask, I do so, and I don't make a fuss. Whether it's going to Holy Spirit for Mass yesterday, whether it is going to Costco, whether it is a restaurant that requires it when you walk into the restaurant until you get to your personal seat, I will gladly abide by whatever each and every individual business owner or entity is asking me to do. I walk into my studios every day at 680 The Fan in Atlanta, home of the John Kincaid Show. And I walk in, I get my temperature checked every single day. I'm then asked to walk over and sanitize my hands. Get my temperature checked, sanitize my hands. We do it for every visitor. We do it for every employee. We check people because, and guess what? Do I think it's a little bit of overkill? Probably a little bit. But I'm willing to do it, and I'm willing to do it every day if I'm asked to. I, I, I'm okay with that. But before the mask bullies decide to turn on Jabari Parker, because it seems like that's the story of the day, the headline of the day. And by the way, again, I'll say it again. I believe Jabari Parker, if it's true that he's out playing tennis without a mask on while he's got coronavirus, that to me would be reckless. Because that's not fair. I don't think, I don't think that's fair. So if it's true, if it's all true, that's where I would stand on it. But I would also say, if anyone's going to be outraged about it in the media, would we please remember that George Stephanopoulos and Chris Cuomo did the exact same thing? Chris Cuomo was out and about when he was supposed to be in quarantine and he was getting into fights with people? And then he did the dramatic walk up the stairs like, I just came out of quarantine when we knew he was already out and about. And George Stephanopoulos did it. He was out walking his neighborhood taking cell phone calls without a mask on. So please, can we just have not of selective outrage on Jabari Parker about not wearing a mask, testing positive for coronavirus, and being out in public when we have other people who have been in the same way and some reason they got a pass? For some reason, or it was just ignored. Let's be consistent. And Jabari, again, if it's true that you're out playing tennis without a mask on, come on, Jabari. If I'm asked to wear a mask to go to church, and I've been tested twice, by the way, negative both times. So if I've been asked to do these things, you can do them too. You don't have to wear them everywhere. You don't have to wear them at, just, just, I think it's responsible to try to look out for your other, for your other fellow men. I do find it strange, though, that the Clemson story, you can, read, you can read the same numbers, and I can come up with an entirely different headline than, let's say, pro football talk comes up with. Believe me. Pro football talk, it seems as if it's a rooting for Armageddon. Honestly. Ah, I know football's coming back, but you know what? I don't know how this could ever happen. Oh, my gosh. It's like the, we're all going to die headline. Same headline. I could write it differently. 37 Clemson players appear to be doing extremely well, even with positive coronavirus testing. It's a factual headline. How come that isn't the headline? 
the headline writer didn't want it to be. LSU and Texas. Can we have a list of any of these programs having to have players hospitalized? Requiring serious medical intervention. Any of them? Why can't we get the whole story? Why, why isn't the whole story being discussed? And here's where people have distrust. This is where people distrust the messengers. Because you're choosing how to tell a story. And do you want to tell a scary story? I'll tell you this. A scary story? <laughs> yes. If I said to you, coming up on the John Kincaid Show, why Clemson football will never play a game again. <laughs> I could do I could do that headline. I choose not to. Because that's with an agenda. That would be with an agenda. Clemson football facing Armageddon may never have a healthy player again. <laughs> Seriously, stop it. Stop it. Absolutely stop it. I do like uh, what Adam Silver has done, though, this week. And if we get Commissioner Silver on the Shack cast again, uh, I love it when he has joined us. He's a very, very fun guy to interact with. I would tell him I do believe the messages on the back of the uniforms is, a, is going to end up being divisive. And that's not necessarily great for business. That's my own opinion there. But I do love the idea that Commissioner Silver saying, look, the league's plan to return to play in, in Florida is the best option available. And more importantly, quote, no options are risk free right now. None of them are risk free. Grasp that fact. Nothing's risk free. Sabah, North Carolina joins us. Sabah, how are you this morning? Maybe not. Oh, she dropped. How about Dan in Baltimore? Did Dan stick around? Dan, hey, how good are morning. You? Good What's morning. What's going on, John. Dan? What are you up to, buddy? How, how the heck did you get on the radio? You're, <laughs> you're you are way way too reasonable. Uh, I'm terrible. Guess what? My wife doesn't agree with you, so I got to tell you. I, I, I'm telling you, it's. I'm not just saying this. I thought I was. You were channeling me. I, I sit in my house by myself. Shouting at the, I almost turned you off too because whenever anybody starts on politics on my sports station, I got to go over and turn it off. Wait a minute! Wait, 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 Dan. We didn't do politics. What are you talking about politics? Uh, what, what I'm getting at is my view, anyway, is the far left and the far right of this country are holding me hostage. Yes. Right. Stop watching them then. I I don't watch them anymore. I don't. Well, then how, are they, holding, you how are they holding you hostage then? Because they, they've taken over my sports now. That was my last vestige well, where I could go to away from politics. I agree. I do agree with you on that. I do agree with you on that. My game day, and I will tell you this, I will gladly be an outspoken voice if my game day becomes inundated with politics. And I appreciate your call. I will gladly be the one who is willing to speak out against it. That's not what I want. Now, on their own time, athletes being politically active, go for it. Go for it. You have a stage. You have a voice. Have it. Game day? In a, during a game? Nonsense. Nonsense. I'll get to Mike in Jacksonville quickly. Mike, welcome to the John Kincaid. Oh, Mike had to get out of here. All right, that's good. 
Uh, look, it's 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 where we're at. I don't want it. I don't want it in here. I don't want far right. I don't want far left. I had a gentleman saying here, he goes, again, sending me a, a note. Well, I, I know your politics. I said, really? Why don't you track down Ed Rendell? Guy's saying, I know your politics. Uh, Ed Rendell used to be the head of the DNC, mayor of Philadelphia, governor of Pennsylvania, proud Democrat. Used to donate a lot of my time helping Ed Rendell to get elected because I believed in Ed Rendell and I love Ed Rendell. So you don't know anything of what you speak of, who people vote for, what people's politics is or otherwise. You don't. So stop saying it. Stop saying it. Now, will the NBA's decision to allow free speech on their uniforms backfire? Sam Quinn will have an opinion. He's a really good writer covering the NBA for CBS Sports. And he joins me next. It's the John Kincaid Show. This is CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. Your Sports Sunday always starts here. This is the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. So glad to have you a part of the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Did you realize this morning at 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific, the most unique event in PBR history continues? The top riders in the world teaming up to take on the Monster Pit on CBS Sports Network. Then at 1, we wrap up the weekend's challenge over on CBS. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, the ideas of what NBA players need to do, by the way, the, um, a, a couple of people pointing out to me, commissioner silver says NBA players free to have uh, any kind of message they want on the back of their uniforms reportedly in these reports from the athletic, uh, on any issue of social justice, any issue of social justice. So this isn't just American social justice. This is social justice. These are the reports. So if that's the case, will we see an NBA player say free Hong Kong? Or would the NBA even allow that? Interesting. I know Sam Quinn has many great opinions and covers the sport, and he's about to get back to work. CBS Sports NBA writer, and he joins us here on the John Kincaid Show. Sam, am I taking it too far to think that if the commissioner is allowing free speech on the back of uniforms and this report is true that the NBA will allow someone to stand up for the rights of the folks in Hong Kong and have something to say about it. I just don't think any players would go that far. I mean, they're doing this for money. Let's be honest about why they're playing and they've already lost enough money in China and frankly enough money domestically. Something like that would do a lot more harm than good as far as the financial element goes. Where you stand on Hong Kong in general, I mean, that's an entirely separate conversation. That is social but justice, think, though, right? Isn't that? Especially when the NBA, especially when the NBA makes tens of millions of dollars because of China. Listen, you're not going to hear any argument from me about the cause itself, but I'm realistic about the players. Oh, yes. <laughs> their yes. focus is going to be on making back as much of their money as possible, and the same goes for owners. I think if a player went to Commissioner Silver or even their union reps, their team leader, whoever, and said, I want to say this, they would say, don't be stupid. We're risking too much as it is. Don't make this any harder on us. And, I mean, I think Patrick Beverly said it best a couple weeks ago when he said, 
if LeBron wants us to play, we're going to play. Well, you know what LeBron doesn't want? More China controversy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. Are you ready to get back to work? Are you? Are oh, you? I've, been, I've like, been at work. The Jordan documentary was thankfully very busy. We had a lot of basketball to talk. You about. did some really. You did some really good stuff around that, by the way. Excellent oh, thank stuff. You. Yeah, I mean, it's fortunately. I mean, I know not every sport has been so lucky to have such great content come out during this hiatus. So fortunately, I've been able to keep mostly busy. But yeah, we're about to head into a whole new animal in July. What do you think about if I was to say to you? A team that intrigues you in a very short run, you know, where you just get a few warm-up games, then the playoffs begin, that you think would be in a better position now to win an NBA title than they may have been if it was at the end of an 82-game grind? You know, there are two teams that come to mind for almost the opposite reasons. The first would be Houston, because we have no idea what kind of fitness any of these teams are going to be in when they come back. I mean, We'd all like to believe that from the moment they come back, oh, they're going to be rested. They'll be in great shape. We'll get A-plus quality basketball right away. I think none of us are naive enough to say we actually think that's going to happen. Realistically, it's probably going to be sloppy. So if it's sloppy, what's going to win games? I would assume hot shooting. So if the Rockets are taking 53s every game, I would say there's a better chance now that they get hot two or three times, make 17, 18, 19 threes in a game, against a team that they don't really deserve to beat, and that team is just not physically fit enough to really stick with them. So I would say shooting in general is the thing to watch as far as upsets go because we don't know physically where these teams are going to be. But kind of on the other end of that spectrum is what if teams are fit but they just they aren't shooting well because their timing is off? On that end of the spectrum, you might say, what about Philly? Like if nobody's shooting well – Suddenly, Philly looks pretty good because, hey, Ben Simmons is just one of the many guys who's not hitting threes. So I would say in the two conferences, those are the two teams at kind of the extreme ends of that spectrum who can say, you know what, if the shooting swings the right way, we've got a shot to play way better than we would have under normal circumstances. On our podcast, Shaq always tries to tell me, John, you totally overvalue coaching. He tells me all the time that players play, coaches uh, create a culture create an environment where people feel good about coming to work, but it's the players playing that's going to decide who wins and loses. Is this, uh, is this going to be the most important year ever? I mean, right now, the end of this season that we've seen for coaching, because it would seem to me the guy who can get everybody back on the same page, can get everybody quickly paying attention to what the message is, is going to have an advantage. Oh, I would absolutely agree with that. Now, strategically speaking, I don't know what teams are going to be able to implement. I mean, how much of the residual muscle memory of running an offense for the 60-plus games every team played is just going to be lost from sitting at home for four months. So schematically, I think we're probably going to get a more basic form of basketball in these playoffs that relies more on players just, you know, A, relying on their talent, B, relying on their instinct. But I think you said it best. It's going to be a culture thing. This is going to be hard for the players in Orlando. There's no way around that. I mean, How many of them have ever been forced to play basketball in a closed environment away from their families for weeks or months on end? You know, this is going to be mentally straining. So the coaches that can keep their players, you know, keep their eyes on the prize, keep them engaged, you know, hopefully help manage whatever mental side effects of this there are. Yeah, I'd say that's going to be important. I mean, this is from a mental perspective. I don't know that we've ever had any kind of postseason like this 
where the mental health of the players is really going to determine what happens. Sam Quinn follows the NBA and covers it for you on CBS Sports, and he joins us here on the John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. i got to tell you, Sam, I went to work in the studios every single day for my jobs throughout the whole pandemic. I got to get out of the house. But other than that, I was pretty much going from home to the studios back home, and it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. I can't imagine if I was one of these guys who's a millionaire who's used to having great, great opportunities to do whatever I want, fine dining, uh, going anywhere I want to go at any time. I, I don't – mentally, you bring up a great point. Mentally, it's going to be – who's the mental tough people? Because it would drive me nuts. It would drive me crazy being in that bubble. And we have no idea just who's going to be comfortable with this. Like, I don't know who an introvert is. Like, you know what, maybe Kawhi Leonard's going to be fine because, oh, just being alone, that's normal for him. But who knows? Like, we really have no way to gauge this and say, oh, we know that this team is okay being trapped in a campus for three and a half months. They'll be fine. Or, oh, this team is mentally weak. They can't. We have nothing to measure this against. So any prediction that I'm giving, you know, on here or in writing or anywhere, I almost feel like saying take it with a grain of salt because I might just be wrong about everything. We all might be. I got a feeling that Kawhi wouldn't care one bit. He just strikes yeah. me. He just strikes me as somebody who can go into his cocoon and really doesn't find interactions with other people that entertaining. So he oh, might. Yeah, I think if anybody is equipped to handle this, I would say it's probably Kawhi. But you know who knows? You know, all of his teammates swear he's a funny guy. He did the laugh on the stage. Who knows? Sure. Maybe he's way more of a social butterfly than we realize. And it just so happens that he doesn't show it publicly. I found it out in my own marriage. My wife, if she could dig a moat around our house and just drop the drawbridge down for people she likes and then leave it up most of the time, she'd be thrilled. Me, on the other hand, I need human interaction with everybody. I see someone walking oh, the dog. I see someone walking the dog. That. I want to go out and talk, you know? Yeah. Oh, I've been during the pandemic. It's been like if I can go to CBS and chat up the guy behind the <laughs> counter, I'm going to do that for five minutes. <laughs> What have you? What is the the biggest thing you found out about yourself during um, the pandemic? That's tough. Um, you because, know what? I think I am way more of a social creature than I ever really realized. Because <laughs> you know, you're in this business, you get it. Sure. Like there are times where you're just like, okay, I'm gonna hold myself up and watch 14 hours of sports today. But you know what? What you realize when you don't have access to the outside world is like. Man, you know what? It's nice to go out and walk the dog and run into a neighbor and be like, oh, hey, how are you? How are things? Like, you need that a lot more than you realize. It, it is. It, it truly is. What is a – is there a television show or something that you've gotten into during the pandemic that you didn't watch before? You know, I'm really going to date myself with this. No, but do I'm it. only 27. So That's fine. I think most people my age haven't seen much of it. I got really into Seinfeld for a while, and I know that the reruns have been on, you know, basically Forever. my entire life. But I'd never actually like sat down and watched a bunch of episodes. So I loved that for a little while. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, you know, it's really rare, especially when you're talking about something that's decades old, that something is as good as everybody says. Seinfeld is as good as everybody okay. says. So now I'm going to put you to the acid test. My Please. daughter is my daughter's 16 and I'm in my 50s and we both love friends. Now, you're 27. I was the exact age as the cast of friends while it was on the air. Like, I was the exact age. So I was right in where all of them were supposed to be age-wise. Does it hold up for you in your mid to late 20s? I can't believe I'm sharing this on a sports radio show. Yeah, I you gotta are. I got to tell you, every time I watch Friends, it gets worse to me. 
Really? I have this theory that everybody on Friends wound up with the wrong person. So my thought is that okay. Rachel should not have ended up with Ross. She should I have agree ended with up you. with Joey because her whole arc was about finding independence and landing with her high school sweetheart, you know, the guy who's been in love with her forever. That makes no sense in that I context. agree with you. I agree with you. I go on, go on, go on. Chandler, go on. I thought Chandler should end up with Phoebe because she needed somebody to kind of ground her and, you know, share a little bit of his cynicism, whereas he needed somebody to open her up. And you okay. know what? I'm just going to say it. Um, Ross and Monica should have ended up alone because they're garbage people. The whole Geller <laughs> family. They're a garbage family. <laughs> Sam, you, Sam, this has been awesome. And uh, I'll look forward to catching up with you in the postseason, and and we'll we'll talk we'll chat about it, and then I'll ask you more things about old TV shows. Anytime you want to talk Sam. about '90s sitcoms, I'm game. Let's do Sam, it. Sam, you're yeah. awesome. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Uncomfortable radio. It happens from time to time here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. I think we had a real productive week with the uh, Bubba Wallace story, didn't we? Really renewed my faith in people uh, and their ability to be reasonable and have discussion. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It didn't. It actually discouraged me. I'll be honest. It discouraged me. The whole week, the whole week's coverage of that discouraged me. If um, the, the show of support for Bubba Wallace last last Monday afternoon, after word had come out that he was the victim of a hate crime on Sunday, that was horrifying. To think that, especially in the in the current climate, that you would have somebody so hateful, so disgusting, so vile, that Bubba Wallace would be subjected to that a hate crime the day before the race, and it was supposed to be the day of the race, but then the weather delay. And then the show of support on Monday afternoon was nothing less than inspiring and positive and I think a great, great message. And then we found out, and it seems to annoy people, that uh, it wasn't a hate crime. It wasn't. I had people come up to me literally raising their voice this week going, but it was still a noose. It was a noose, John. It was a noose. Why was it there? Okay, I get you. I don't know why it was there last October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, into June. But I do know this. There were probably, and I'm going to estimate, hundreds of people that potentially could have seen that or did see it. And there were many that used it to pull down the garage door. They used it. And they didn't see it the same way. They didn't see it with nefarious purpose. Now, the reason maybe being is that the driver they were working for was white. Maybe they were a white mechanic. I don't know, but it was there, and it wasn't put there for Bubba Wallace. And yes, NASCAR did the right thing. I've heard a lot of people argue about this. They did the right thing to hand it off to the FBI. I've heard criticism of this. 
I believe they did the right thing to hand it off to the FBI and let them investigate it. Because if it was, if it had been a hate crime, it would have been absolutely disastrous for their brand of NASCAR. And it would have been, it would have been horrible, not only for Bubba Wallace, but for where we are as a society. But it wasn't. I repeat, it wasn't. So the show of support for Bubba Wallace on Monday was fantastic because guess what? It was just natural. And it showed the love and respect he has of his peers. And it really did show you like a, I guess like a test. How would NASCAR react to something like that? NASCAR reacted fantastically to that. But both statements can be true. It was a wonderful show of support. But let's not bury the headline. It was not a hate crime. Both statements are 1,000% true. It wasn't a hate crime. But what came out of a false report of a hate crime, and by the way, again, for the people, the idiots, and I will say idiots, who are trying to somehow convolate uh, is that even a word? Convolate? I don't even know what that is. Uh, Jesse Smollett with Bubba Wallace. You're ignorant. Bubba Wallace didn't make the report. Bubba Wallace didn't find what was perceived to be a noose. Bubba Wallace didn't do, he, he didn't set out and go in there and go, look at that. Here, let's have a national incident. No, he didn't do that. It wasn't him. So any ignorant people with him and Smollett, you're being ignorant. And by the way, you reinforce the worst that people think about NASCAR when you do that. But those who refuse to just acknowledge the headline, every discussion of the topic around Bubba Wallace should start now with, there was no hate crime. There was no intent. No one, no one set out to commit a hate crime. That's where the discussion should begin. Stop, end a sentence, breathe and then discuss how beautiful the response was. It's a good week. But let's acknowledge what really happened and how it happened. You can do both. You can have credibility. You can have integrity. And you can discuss the topic. Like adults. Sabah, North Carolina. She's an adult and she joins me all the time. Sabah, how are you this morning? Hey there, buddy. Uh, I did not drop last time. I think y'all dropped me. I was in mid-sentence. See, what did Anthony do to you? Anthony, blame Anthony. Blame him. Blame him. Yeah, yeah, but you know I always enjoy your show. I mean, you're the best thing on radio, buddy. I mean, Thank you very much. I I appreciate that. I wish you'd do this show every day. So, well, I do my show in Atlanta every day. I mean, and he can always. You know, I I may have to start checking that out. I just, uh, while I was on hold, I was checking it out. I think I get it on TuneIn Radio. So I might get that. Yeah, or you can get the 6A, the fan mobile app. Gotta love it. I can't do it anymore. Hey, so, um. Uh, I, I, about the uh, the NBA, you know, putting things on sure. their, the backs of their jerseys. And I think that you were wondering who is going to okay it. You know, I got yes. or ask. I think LeBron James. Everything's got to go through him. <laughs> okay. He's a social justice warrior. Yes, yeah, so um, LeBron. Except when it hurts his pocketbook. Yeah, so, so LeBron no will. So you can't have free Hong Kong on right, the back of your right. jersey, but you right, can so have something else. Yeah, yeah, you can't have that. Yeah. Ignorant. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he makes his uh, all that money on the shoes, a lot of it uh, on the backs of people who are 
basically uh, getting, you know, like uh, minimal, like not even minimal wage. Okay. They're, yes. Uh, they're, no, they're, they're abused. And, and yeah. child, child labor. Yeah. And other, and other yeah. great things. And the inability yeah. to have freedoms and everything, you know, free Hong Kong, the NBA right. player who puts free Hong Kong on their back yeah, or the NBA be, that allow that, that. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be that the cancel culture will be out for them. Yeah. And when they say it's freedom of expression, it's not it's free to express what LeBron James believes in. And, that's and guess it. what? So, I wish yeah. I wish I could tell you that, that you're incorrect. Yeah. But uh, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. But again, I wanted sports to be an escape. And I think they're going to figure out, though, that every time you put something political on your uniform or, or during the game, you are going to make 50% of the people happy and 50% mad. And that's why Michael Jordan to this day outsells all of their shoes combined, all of their athletes, because he is the smartest one of them all. He knows there are two sides to the aisle, and he loves all sides of the aisle. Sabah, I think you are the smartest on both sides of the aisle. Thank you, sir. That's awesome. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Todd in Cleveland joins us. Todd, what's going on in the beautiful city of Cleveland today? Yo, John, I'm a Georgia voter too, man. They need to. Are fix, you really? Yeah, they need to fix that. Um, Where are you? Uh, what, what district are you in? I'm in six. I'm in six too. Oh, you're in six? All right. Yeah, they, yeah. Then why are you in Cleveland? I'm trying to get two re-businesses that I wanted to get up and running in Atlanta, but I didn't want to pay the property taxes that I would have <laughs> had to pay in Atlanta. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, well, so yeah. we're neighbors in six. All right, good. We're pretty get close. Out, and get out, get out the vote, right? Um, Everybody, boy, have your voice heard. Get out the vote. But I always vote. We have early voting on weekends here. I vote weeks in advance. I get my vote in on a Saturday, stroll into the library right there and, and, and get my vote in, and it's done. They need to get those voting stations um, problems corrected oh, on the south side of the gosh. city. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. South side of the city. Unbelievable. But what I tell my kids, and it's connected to what you were saying about the NFL putting out a voting initiative, yes. it's like, yeah, I want you to be a voter when, you're, when it's your time to be able to vote. But more importantly, what I think the NFL players should be involved in is pushing to implement a mandatory civics curriculum federally mandatory civics curriculum in all the taxpayer-funded neighborhood public schools. Do that. Oh, yes. I got to tell you, I got to tell you this, Todd, is my daughter goes to a school you would know in Atlanta very well, private school in Atlanta high school and uh, in our area. And her, the amount of time in, in her 10 years that she's done of school, she's going into her junior year, the amount of time that has been spent on American history compared to world history is probably 20 percent. It's probably 20 percent. And that's that's outrageous to me. It's outrageous. We need to fix it. If yeah, you we want, do. If, if you truly want people to be a better, better citizen and a longer, and a long, lifelong voter, civics from the third grade through the twelfth grade and escalating lessons. You know, there's only so much you need to be teaching a third grader. We'll get you just that. But here's Todd, we got humorous. What's humorous and exit? How about the NFL? How about the NFL players work on their own, folks? Do you remember when they only had five hundred people? They had five hundred people that didn't vote on that pay raise. Correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Todd, we got to meet up sometime. Hey, Take care, buddy. Thanks, man. Raphael in Vermont, you get the last word this hour. How are you, Raphael? What's up, my friend? John, how you doing, brother? I'm doing listen, well, buddy. Some Sunday, I love to just listen to you. I mean, I don't call. I just wake up at six. I listen to you for the whole time, and 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 I don't want to be a participant. I mean, some Sunday, I love. I appreciate that. But today was one of these days. But I have to ask you one simple question. Sure. A very simple question. Why do you think 
this week. Coach Sheshowski and Coach uh, Seben, they both feel the necessity to come out and say something. You know and why? I will, you know why, though? You I, know I want why? to give you this quick because you can talk. You know why? Because of the fact that they have to speak out and show that they support something that supports the, the, the community where they recruit, the community where they're asking people, they're asking mom and dads to trust their, uh, their guidance, their leadership. So they want to make sure that uh, I think they get that message out. Don't you? Or is, I am I incorrect? Very quick? Sure. Can you allow me to say something very quick? Listen, the reason why these two men feel the need to come and say something is because for the first time, in, for the third time in America, white people feel they have to come out and say something for something that is completely wrong. For police officers to go outside yep. and slaughter black people willy nilly, and they say this must stop. And it's and it's good and to and it's good to see that they're saying it. Good to see they're saying it. Absolutely, they're absolutely. You have a forum, you have a stage. Get out there and use your forum and use your stage. During the games, I'm completely against it. That's just me. We got another hour to go. 855-212-4CBS. It's the John Kincaid Show. Fourth hour coming your way on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.